0: What's up? It's Rob Cressy and I am oh so excited to be sharing my thoughts, my mindset, my lessons learned from one of the greatest experiences I have ever had in my life. And I just got back from driveway to hell. And what is driveway to hell? It is a 13.1 half marathon, 6,000 foot elevation gain race in Georgia as part of Build Your Life Resume um, and the all day running club. And I just got back from Georgia and I'm floating on clouds right now. My optimism is 100 out of 100 Uh, I feel so much warmth and love and I wanted to share my experience because it changed my life and it changed so many other people's lives. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this very structured because there's so much goodness in here. So I'm going to talk about the people, the experience, and the race. So let's start with this. How do I even get here in the first place? Driveway to hell. So I've been a part of Jesse Itzler's uh, Build Your Life Resume community for the last few years. I saw Jesse speak at Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Conference a few years ago. And when he was on stage, I had never heard of him before in my life. And within three minutes, I was like, who is this dude in a t-shirt and a headband? And why is he now my spirit animal? I drank the Kool-Aid immediately. He was my vibe. He was my energy. I loved his outlook and mindset on life and building your life resume and design your life before your business. And I'm like, let's go. And, And certainly with my podcast being best year ever, a lot of that comes from the inspiration that I've taken from Jesse and build your life Resume. So that then uh, evolved into me being part of the original Big Ass Calendar Club, and I was in there the first year, and I was in there again this year. Uh, Also in between there was the 30 Days of Excellence, where I got introduced to Chad Wright and Mark Brown. And the last few years have been some of the best years of my life from a personal growth and development and mindset standpoint because of Jesse and his community and the things that he has created for us to allow us to level up. And one of the things that I've been yearning for so much is an in-person event. But unfortunately, as we all know, uh, that's been very challenging because of uh, the pandemic that's been going on the last few years. But finally, we got the opportunity to do an in-person event, Driveway to Hell. Jesse said, we are going to do this. So he put it on. And Holy smokes, Batman, it was a 15 out of 10. It far exceeded every expectation I could ever have. I knew it was going to be incredible, but it was even more incredible than that. So let's get to the very beginning. So, all right, it is Saturday morning, and I get up at 3.40 a.m. to drive to Tampa Airport for a 6.15 flight, boom, get into Atlanta at 8 o'clock. So it's like, all right, uh, the event doesn't start until, uh, three o'clock or so got some time to, uh, create with. So I went and I just Googled best breakfast in Atlanta and boom, Atlanta breakfast company comes up 6,000 reviews. They have the best chicken and waffles. Boom, shakalaka sign me up for that. I did that. It was incredible. After that, I got some recommendations from some people. Hey, check out Pont City Market. And I'd been there once before and I love it. It has such a vibe and an energy to it. And for me, having recently moved from Chicago to Sarasota, Florida, one of the things that I miss is the pulse and the energy and the vibe of a big city. And when I got to Pont City Market, there's just shops and restaurants all over the place. And there's people and there's a thing, I think it was called the Beltway where, uh, for anyone who lives in Chicago, it's very similar to the 606. It's just a, a giant road where people can run and walk and just kick it. So I was just exploring meeting people, uh, went into Allbirds. ended up buying the guy who was working there a coffee because I was like, Hey man, I'm gonna go grab a coffee. I'll be back in a bit. He's like, you mind getting me one? I was like, sure, let's do this. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, man. And for me, Going into this weekend, I set an intention that I was going to have an amazing weekend. And as part of that, one of my declarations is I am abundantly generous and I am a giver. So boom, seeing that opportunity, uh, I wanted to give to him. I'm also someone, another declaration of mine, I am a force of attraction. And I attracted him into my life to get that opportunity. So boom, my vision is out there just seeing how I can help people. So I go for, I don't know, I think it was a 35 or 40-minute walk down the Beltway. And about a week before uh, driveway to hell, I'd connected with a guy named Luke, who's part of the Big Ass Calendar Club, online. And we jumped on a call, and man, we vibed immediately. And uh, we were talking about ways for us to work together on the coaching side of things. He's got some amazing things going on. I've got some amazing things going on, and there's definitely some overlap. So we're like, awesome, man, we're going to get the opportunity to meet each other when we get to um, the event. And it just so happens that I'm at Pont City Market, at, I don't know, 1145, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with the next three hours. So I just text him seeing what's up, and he's like, hey, man, drive here uh, early and let's grab lunch because we're taking a bus uh, to where the event is. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Boom, get in my rental car, drive an hour and a half to... Um, where we're going to pick everything up in that single decision changed the course of the rest of my experience and likely the rest of my life in the best way possible. So I very easily could have eaten at Pont City Market. The food there is incredible. They have everything, but I knew that for me, it was more important to meet people and build connection. So I didn't know what was going to be available for us to eat for where we were going. I was like, you know what? I want to kick it with my boy, Luke, who's new to my world. We get there and and Luke and I are just walking down the street looking for uh, where to eat. And I'm wearing a Build Your Life resume hat. And why in the world did I do that? And that is strategic. Of course, I'm there for a Build Your Life resume event. But I wanted that to be a bat signal to anybody that I see, whether I'm at the airport, the rental car, in Atlanta, in um, at the event or walking around looking to get lunch. I want people to know I'm a part of this so that they can come up to me and say, hey, I'm also part of this. And as um, good fortune would have, uh, two women come up to us and say, hey, are you going to drive away to hell? And we're like, we are. Boom, immediately there's an energy here and we meet Rissa and Leslie and they immediately became our best friends in our crew. And you know, you found some special people when the second you meet them, you're already hugging each other. And this is a testament to uh, the build your life resume community because immediately we were friends. And then we sat down and we're like, well, we're going to grab lunch. And they're like, we're going to grab lunch. Boom. Let's all grab lunch together. So then for the next hour, we're eating lunch, chopping it up, and it immediately got into real conversation conversation where we're talking about what's going on in each other's lives, uh, what we're looking to get out of this, and our expectations for everything. And it was so intentional. It was so loving, and it was so friendly. And there was just a depth of conversation, which I feel like uh, is so joyful, but also is often missing, in air quotes, regular life. That the level of conversation that we were having immediately with Rissa and Leslie... Boom, it just warmed my heart. So we leave lunch and then somebody else comes up to us and is like, hey, you going to driveway to hell? Amazing. So now we've got a crew of five people and we're now uh, going and waiting in line for the bus because the bus is shuttling us from where we are to the event, which is about a 30 minute drive. And uh, driveway to hell is um, going down at uh, Jesse Itzler and Sarah's Uh, new cabin, location, um, we're not disclosing, but we're just in Georgia somewhere. So we all get on the bus there and there's a vibe and an energy. Um, But before then, uh, I really set an intention to meet as many people as I I can because that's what I wanted. I wanted the connection. Finally, we're here to be able to see all the people that we've seen digitally online. And I'm someone who's very... um, out there from a, I'm always creating content. I'm always sharing my experience. I live this life. As we speak, I look up right now and there's my big ass calendar. And for me, I take this in because it's the best way to live. How do you design your best self? Simple, design your best life. I love this. So we're going there. And because I've now got a crew I'm introducing people to the crew, and this is a little relationship-building tip for everyone, and this is something that I learned uh, when I went to the Arte Syndicate Live. So another group that I'm a part of is Ed Milet and Andy Frisella's Arte Syndicate. And when they threw their first live event, one thing that they hammered home, they're like, listen, at Arte, um, we're a force for good in the world, and when you see people at this event, make them feel welcome because- Everything is a reflection of us. So you want this to be the best for other people. And I've always remembered that because there's a warmth. And so often people uh, might not know anyone when you're going to an event. And what I did is anytime I saw someone when we're waiting for the bus who was standing by themselves, I made it a point to go up to them, start talking, and then immediately I brought them into my crew Because I had a crew, I had like a a foundation and a base or a comfort zone. So the best thing that I can do as a connector and a relationship builder is make other people feel comfortable. But here's the amazing thing. We got to quickly get to know each other. Hey, where are you from? Why are you here? What are you looking to get out of this? All of this and the stories you're hearing from people are incredible. And I'm going to talk this uh, even further when we get into the people side of things. And actually, that's what we're going to get into. But these were the greatest humans I've ever met in my entire life. The people who are a part of this community who are at driveway to hell were without a doubt the best people I've ever met in my life. And it's just, I'll just keep it at that. So that's the foundation of this. Boom, we get there to drive to hell. So now let me get to the people. So Luke, Rissa, and Leslie are my crew, but we've got to start at the top with Jesse Itzler, uh, the man who put all of this together. And Jesse's been an inspiration for me, as I said, since the second I heard him speak on stage at 10X Growth Con. Since then... He's someone who's always super present. He's active in his DMs. And the thing that stands out to me through the 36-hour experience about Jesse Itzler is that he leads by example. And to me, he is the epitome of leadership. Because I think about when he's on the course and he's doing this step-by-step with everyone in the community. And I started thinking, and I sort of had a rhetorical question that I wanted to share. And it's like, for the leaders or the people that you admire or you consume their content, how much are they leading by example? Are they going step by step and doing an up and downhill half marathon? And for me, the epitome of this is Jesse Itzler, and then number two is Andy Frisella with 75 Hard and the Live Hard program that they pay their dues and they live this and do this every single day. And for me, that's what I took away from Jesse. He leads by example. But the other thing is he is a testament to this community that he built. The people there are a reflection of him and we adopt a similar mindset and lifestyle and way of being. And this energy and radiation from the community is because of him. And I had to let him know that. I was like, man, this has just been incredible. And this is a testament to you. And I got the opportunity to speak to Jesse both days, both um, on day one when everyone's just like eating and kicking it afterwards, and then both on the course multiple times. And he's someone who's so present, who is such a big thinker. And for me, um, he's been an absolute blessing in my life. So thank you very much, Jesse. Number 2, Jesse's wife Sarah Blakely, and I'd never heard of Sarah until I went to 10X Growth con and she spoke immediately after Jesse. And she is she is the yin to Jesse's yang and she's different in the best way possible. And for anyone who's a fan of Sarah Blakely, she is exactly what you think she would be. She is out of this world amazing. She is so warm and so loving and so kind. And you can almost feel her listening to you. So I got the opportunity to talk with Sarah because um, she was there and present. Their whole family was there. So boom, there's Jesse, there's Sarah, there's their kids. And here's a little nugget of something that's always been part of my life that's a really important lesson. I'm someone that has always believed In the power of visualization and going over in my head over and over again what I will say to the people that inspire me that I want to meet one day. Because you never want to get into a situation where you meet someone and you're like, oh my God, I was just so starstruck and I didn't know what to say. No way. I'm not going down like that. Uh, Instead, Um, I've visualized these these conversations over and over again. So going into this weekend, I know, all right, I'm going to talk to Jesse. There's a chance I'm going to talk to Sarah. There's going to be some few other people. So for me, I went up to Sarah and I just thanked her for being the inspiration to me of entrepreneurship and of what's possible. Because her story of how she started and then grew Spanx to me is the model for entrepreneurship. And she did it herself. And I told her that. And she just radiated with positivity and was so grateful and took a picture with me. So I got to show some love to Sarah Blakely because she's absolutely incredible. There's a few other people who are there that were just unbelievable. Inky Johnson. So on day one, um we go and eat dinner and shout out to Super Jenny the food that she made was out of this world amazing the food the entire time was great so boom Jesse brings on Inky Johnson uh, who's a motivational speaker who had come on 30 days of excellence once before and boom Inky brings the fire and it just so happens I got the chance to meet Inky before his talk because Uh, I was walking back from the bathroom and boom, there's Inky Johnson. I know exactly what he looks like because I follow him and I consume his content. So once again, boom, I showed him some love saying, thank you for inspiring me, uh, on the course on race day, I got the opportunity to talk with Mark Brown for a few minutes and Mark Brown, I, uh, first learned of him through 30 days of excellence. And what I always loved and admired about Mark Brown is how important his family is to him and how ma- how he makes that primary. And for me, the narrative of Mark Brown is he's there for his kids' baseball games. And I was like, man, I love that. As a one-day wannabe father and now a current father, that's how I aspire to live my life, to be there for every one of my kids' games. So when I saw Mark on the course, I introduced myself and I talked about that. I said, hey, man, Thank you for being the example of being a family man. It inspires me. And we just sort of talked about the importance of family. So man, Mark Brown was everything that I wanted him to be. And he was incredible too. Uh, Another person who had a major impact on me was Chris Houth, who was an elite coach that Jesse brought in to speak. And I talked to him uh, near the end of the first day. And he has my number one lesson that I learned from this experience. And he said, you don't owe your past anything. And the framing of this was, um, I asked him about my experience running the DC Marathon and having my near-death experience in not finishing it. And of course, anyone who's listened to my podcast knows two weeks ago, I just ran the Pittsburgh Marathon as my Masogi and I removed the asterisk of, Rob, have you ever run a marathon? Yeah, but I didn't finish. But yes, I trained, but I had a near-death experience. And that story didn't serve me. And even after Pittsburgh, I felt so much better. But there is still something about the uh, running the DC Marathon and not completing it that uh, I didn't have a whole relationship with. So I asked Chris, I was like, hey, man, this is what happened to me. This is how I overcame this, but the story isn't serving me. So it's gone from negative to neutral, but I don't want that. I want this to be a positive experience. And he said, Rob, you don't owe your past anything. And then he said something that is actually the same thing that I coach and teach other people. He's like, Rob, this is a choice for you. You have the opportunity to choose what story you give this. And It really resonated with me, and I'm going to say this one last time because it's applicable to so many things in our life. You don't owe your past anything, and I'm so thankful for Chris telling me that because it's completely reframed the way that I think about anything that's happened in my past, and then the last speaker who was there was Ken Rideout, and Ken is, as Jesse said, a regular dude who is also an elite performer from a running standpoint. He, he, uh, won some sort of, uh, race in New York marathon running. And this dude was a beast. And one of the things that he talked about was I'm either going to get a PR or go to the ER. And that actually made me chuckle. And that's actually the thing that triggered me wanting to talk to Chris. I, I wanted to talk to Ken about what I just shared with Chris But there are so many people around Ken after the fact that uh, I didn't get an opportunity to talk with him, but I did see Chris. So I was like, oh man, he'll get this as well. He's an elite coach. And the thing that I picked up about Ken and the framing of Ken was this guy's going to finish first in this driveway to hell. And this isn't a race where there's someone that is going to win. We're all there to finish. But he was going to be first because this dude is a beast. He's an elite athlete. And what I noticed was, boom, he's off and running. And it's, it was impossible for anyone to not notice him on the course because he's flying up and down these hills. And as I thought about seeing him, what, th- what went through my mind is that most people probably think that that experience for Ken was easy, oh, he's an elite athlete. He's just running up and down this. He's crushing everybody. But you know what? I think that that event may have been almost as hard on him than anybody else. And why is that? Because when you're the best version of something, when you're elite, you are pushing yourself and going 100. So the results may look easy, But what everyone doesn't realize is what's going through Ken's body and through his mind to make that happen. Because as any of us on that driveway experienced that that thing was a monster and we'll get to that in a second. I mean, it was challenging so much so that uh, you had to walk at least half of that um, course. So for Ken to be flying up and down that, I saw that was not easy So my lesson is be careful thinking that when people are elite, that it's easy for them. And the answer is, it's not. They're just willing to push and make it look easy. But I bet if you ask Ken, that was not a walk in the park, even though he probably had a fantastic time. So who I want to talk about next is the Build Your Life resume community and the people that were at Driveway to Hell. And to me, this is the MVP of the entire experience. Number one for me is the community. And as I said, these are the best people I've ever met in my entire life. There was not one bad apple there, zero. The people were so kind, they were so friendly because we were all there for a common goal to be the best version of ourselves, to add an experience to our life resume. And there was a warmth and a glow and a focus and a drive to everyone. And this was an event where there was people of all different shapes and sizes. People looked different. Uh, There were elite athletes. There were people who didn't train. There was old people. There was young people. There was everything in between. This is legitimately a community. This wasn't like an elite event. This is for everyone who wanted to do something for themselves. And for a lot of people, this was their Masogi, the one thing they do every single year that is so hard that the benefits of it will last the entire year. And for me, I made it a point to talk to as many people as possible. And I truly believe I spoke to virtually every single person, whether that was on day one or day two, before or after the race, or on the course. Because people are passing by, and I wanted to do everything that I could to be an encouragement to others. And I'll get to a deeper dive on this when I get to the race experience. But for me, I knew that uh, one of my declarations, I'm the happiest person on earth, shining my light on everyone. So I am that shining light for the community and I knew for me, um, I was prepared for this race and I'm smiling and I want to make sure to send those good vibes to everybody else because I know not everybody feels the way that I do uh, on that course. So I want to give a shout out to some of the people that I met and uh, I can't even name everyone. I just This is just off the top of my head. So I already showed love to my crew at the beginning, but I met Gavin and Dee and Jimmy and Jim House and Mo Pierce and Stephanie and Sinia and Belinda and Dr. Gregory and Joshua. Uh, there's just so many people that, whether we're breaking bread and eating breakfast or, or dinner or on the course uh, or in Tent City, there's just so many people And I just got to give a shout out to the community. I am so in love with this community right now. Like I am just literally radiating love. I also have to give a big shout out to the Build Your Life Resume support team. It was so great meeting Kevin Walker. I feel a kinship to Kevin because Kevin's a new dad. He loves basketball. He's also training for a 24-hour race, which is coming up in two weeks. And Kevin, I know you're going to kick ass at this. Um, and I know Kevin has supported me on my journey when I was training for the Pittsburgh Marathon for my Masogi. So I'd see him liking my posts and showing me love there. So immediately we had sort of a connection and we'd never met in person before. So we're dapping each other up. So big shout out to Kevin. It was great to meet Amanda, who does a lot of Jesse's content. And shout out to both Bianca and Lori, who helped with the logistics of all of this. And I got to give a shout out to my man, Dan, who is at the Midway Hydration Station. And I got to give a shout out to Rachel Martin and David Shiner, who are at the bottom station. And uh, David was actually on my podcast a few episodes ago. So um, if you're someone who wants to dive deeper into the Build Your Life Resume community, uh, check out uh, David and I um, probably three or four episodes ago on the Best Year Ever podcast. So that's the people. And they were amazing. All right. Um, oh, I also going to give a shout out to my man, uh, Robert Timmons, who uh, I saw in the airport wearing a 30 Days of Excellence shirt uh, in Tampa on the way to Georgia, and then also met him at the event while we were waiting for the bus. And we then became friends during the event. Then we were both on the flight back. Our flight wasn't until... Uh, 10 15 p.m. on Sunday, so we then kicked it for the next hour and a half or two hours that we had. Um, he and I became kindred souls because we're both about that personal growth and development life and coaching. So, big shout out to him. All right, now time for what I'll call the experience. So, driveway to hell, yeah, we're running an up and downhill half marathon, but. One of the most fun things, and I think this is what makes this so unique, was the experience. And this is everything outside of the race. So the number one thing anyone who's ever followed Jesse on Instagram knows, he is about that cold plunge life. So we get to the driveway to hell, and you get to the top of the hill, I guess the top of the driveway, and we see what is probably... 15 inflatable cold plunges. We see a sauna. We see two more cold plunges out there. And the cold plunge experience was something that I was looking forward to. It's something that I've been visualizing for years because I would always see Jesse invite friends over to his house and he almost had like a rite of passage where you had to jump in his cold plunge. And he would oftentimes uh, put that on his IG stories. So for me, when I was taking my cold showers, I would visualize myself being there in that moment with Jesse where, hey, I'm doing a cold plunge either at his house or at one of his events. And how do I want that to go? So boom, I've mentally been preparing for this. I've been doing this for years. So uh, we get there in day one. I don't know. It's 5 p.m. or something. All right, let's go. Time for the cold plunge. And- We're in the middle of the mountains in the woods. So we changed in one of two little pop-up tents. So uh, changing was its own challenge because you can't stand up in this. You can barely kneel, uh, which sort of makes me chuckle. It was a a fun experience. And this is literally right next to the cold plunges. So I remember both Rissa and I are like, all right, let's do this together. And we get in there. And despite preparing for the cold plunges for years, the second you get in one of those, you're like, ooh-wee, it is freezing. And I think the thing that everybody experienced the most, your feet get freezing immediately. I thought my feet were going to break off. So I am submerged from anywhere from chest down. So either uh, everything is underneath other than my head or maybe my arms are out. And wow. It was freezing, so our friend Leslie timed us, and Rissa and I did two minutes. And my mindset during the cold plunge was something that I actually picked up from watching one of Jesse's IG stories with his friends. And one of them, and it was actually from a week ago when they were doing the test run of driveway to hell, one of his friends was just crushing it. It was like, boom, he was sitting in the cold plunge, did not move. And Jesse said to him, you are in total control. And I'm someone who is a um, master of language and a very active listener. So immediately I picked up on that. I was like, boom, my mindset for being in the cold plunge is I am in total control. And I thought about that guy and that's who I am now too. So I am in total control. And then I thought about uh, when I was doing Andy Frisella's Live Hard Mental Toughness program. Um, on two separate occasions, for 30 straight days, we got to do a five-minute freezing cold shower, and that is as cold as the shower gets. And one of the things that I did was created a music playlist so that I would sing and dance in the shower as freezing cold water is on me as a way to get my mind on something else. So another thing that I'm thinking while I'm doing this two-minute two minute cold plunge is uh, Bob Marley. Every little thing is gonna be all right. So this is going through my mind and I'm in total control. And boom, the cold plunge was amazing. And I made it a point that I was going to experience everything that they had for driveway to hell because that's what I signed up for. And I wanted to do things that are uncomfortable because nothing great ever came from your comfort zone. All right, the next thing right next to the cold plunge was the sauna from Embrace North. And I got to give a shout out to Embrace North and my man, Sauna Poppy, because this was the the best sauna I have ever been in my entire life. So anyone who's thinking about buying a sauna, call Embrace North. This thing was incredible. And uh, after I cold plunged I went in the sauna and they did 10 minute rotations and it's 200 plus degrees in there. So it's me and a few others. And all of a sudden in walks Jesse and Sarah. So uh, they drive up the driveway in their truck or in their van. Boom, I cold plums, I jump in the sauna. They're doing their thing. And then all of a sudden Jesse sort of like introduces Sarah to the to the sauna. And Jesse actually has a video of this on his... Uh, instagram post um today or yesterday so you'll see it happening when sarah's also filming and jesse's loving it he's dapping everybody up uh there's three people in my sauna that are from international norway and canada and germany and he's like sarah you won't believe this come see who's in here and all of a sudden sarah comes in and her glasses get all steamed up and she's like this is crazy jesse do we have insurance for this? And everybody's laughing. And it was such a unique and memorable experience for me to be in the best sauna I've ever been in my life. And then two people who have inspired me for the last few years walk in and become part of that moment. It's everything that you would want out of doing an experience like this. And uh, this was something that throughout both day one and day two, uh, the sauna was such a beautiful thing for me. Uh, I think about day two after I finished Driveway to Hell, uh, I cold plunged and then I did the sauna again. And Sauna Poppy's like, hey guys, you wanted an amazing experience? And we're like, yeah. So he goes and gets this little like peppermint tincture and puts it on the sauna rock. So now it smells like a spa, it's like peppermint. Then he puts on this giant... um. Ice cube is the best way that I can describe it, like a chunk of ice, which turned the heat up. And I was like, whoa, everyone in there, there there's like 10 of us. It was the hottest we've ever experienced in our life. And then Jesse walks in like five minutes in and he's like, whoa, it is roasty in here. And that's all part of the experience, doing things that you have never done before. Um, As I mentioned on the food side of things, Super Jenny was incredible, uh, after the race, there were smoothies. Those were amazing. There was a taco food truck. That was awesome. There was also the Florida coconut guy who literally just had coconuts, and you can drink the coconut water. So from that standpoint, absolute home run on the on the food side. Uh, on race day, Dr. Trish Smith was there to lead us in some breath work, and Dr. Trish Smith is an expert in essentially Wim Hof breathing and She's also a warm warm body of energy, and I love Dr. Trish Smith, so it was good to get our breath work in because it also helped us when we were on the course. We were also led um, with some standing yoga. It was supposed to be sitting, but it it poured rain uh, the day of the race, at least in the beginning. So uh, I think Lori led us in yoga to do some stretching. The other part of the experience uh, is Tent City. So one of the things that made Driveway to Hell unique is that uh, we were roughing it, air quotes. We get there and we brought a tent and for me, I have not used my tent for the last eight years since I went to Bonnaroo. And this tent has only been used once and that was at Bonnaroo. So going into this, I watched a YouTube video on how to put my tent together. And I thought about practicing it and I was like, I don't wanna put all that stuff together. These people put it up in 10 minutes. I'm sure I can figure it out. So we get there on Saturday, and the first thing we all do is they assign us sort of a, uh, a tent number where, hey, this is where you're going to be. So I walk into the woods to the left uh, to Tent City, and there is just tents lined up everywhere. I don't know. There's 50 or 100 tents. Uh, and for reference, there's 200 people at this entire event. So we are all um, living in tents and thankfully, uh, my man, Luke, knew what he was doing. So I'm putting together my tent, or at least attempting to. Luke already did that for himself. So he comes over to me, and we're putting up my tent together. And we get to the last part, which is sort of like the, the secondary shell. So the full tent is up, and the guy at the tent next to me is like, you probably don't need that shell. It's not supposed to rain or anything. And all week, I was monitoring the weather, And at one point, it looks like it was going to thunderstorm on Sunday. But then the day or two before, it was like, it's not going to rain. I'm like, boom, major victory, no rain. So because of this, when the guy's like, yeah, you're not going to need this. It's going to be hot in there. I was like, I agree. I'm not going to need this. But for some reason, Luke felt compelled to continue to put on my hood on my tent. I was like, all right, it's all good. I'll let him do his thing. I appreciate the support. So we go ahead and we put it on. I don't think anything of it. Move on. So end of day one, I don't know, it's 1030 or 11 o'clock time to get back to our, uh, tents. And I'm like, Whoa, it is roasty in here. And I'm thinking about taking that hood off my tent. I was like, Oh, but it's dark out. And, uh, I got to be up, at, or I get to be up at 6.30 for breakfast for the race tomorrow. I'll just sort of leave it as is. And thank goodness that I did, because guess what? The weatherman was wrong. That rain that was uh, supposed to be there that went away, it came back. And I don't know what time it was, but let's call it midnight. The heavens opened, and it downpoured, thunder and lightning. And who is now the most thankful man in the world for my friend Luke? Me, because my tent held up amazing. Shout out to Marmot. This tent did not have a single drop of water in it, but the tent experienced because it's pouring rain and I bought some tiny little blow-up sleep mattress on the bottom from Amazon that was barely bigger than bubble wrap. So I'm not sleeping on the ground, but I'm about a third of an inch from the ground. Safe to say I got virtually no sleep. Someone was snoring near me. I don't know who. It's pouring rain. It's thundering and lightning. And uh, my little sleep bed has a tiny pillow. I'm using a towel as a secondary pillow. Originally, I put my blanket uh, below me because I'm so hot. I wake up in the middle of the night absolutely freezing. I was like, whoa, temperature change put on long sleeves, put on a hoodie, use my blanket. Now I'm just turning back and forth for the rest of the night. I estimate I got maybe an hour or two of sleep, if that, but it doesn't matter. And when my alarm went off at 5.59 AM in the morning, I was thankful it went off because I would rather have been awake than asleep because I was that uncomfortable. And that's all part of the experience. So I loved every second of it. And quick little side note, why in the world did I set my alarm for 5.59 AM? Well, they had said breakfast is served between 6.30 and 7.30. I'm like, well, I'm I'm getting every part of this experience. So I'm going to make sure I'm up there right away at 6.30. But it's also pouring rain in the morning when we wake up. And I set my alarm at 5.59 AM because I'm waking up in the fives and there's a different energy when you wake up to the fives. I also know there's going to be a large majority of people who wake up at 6 AM. And guess what? I was correct. My alarm goes off at 5.59 AM. And then one minute later I hear, ding, 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 Tons of people where their alarm went off. And for me, this is a mindset. Do one more. Or in my instance, I'm getting up one minute earlier than others. I'm getting up in the fives. So all of this is part of my high performance mindset. And you can find these little inches throughout your life. So that was tent city. And I essentially put my clothes on in the tent and walk up on day two in the rain to breakfast to have an amazing experience. Um, Last thing about the experience is actually the drive home. And we get dropped off uh, on the second day, and it actually downpours at like 2.30. So everyone's done with the race, and I know I'm jumping around, but doing the best I can to share this with you guys. So uh, race day happens, and boom, we have the post-race celebration, 2.30 p.m., the heavens open up, and it absolutely downpours. So Jesse's like, you know what? Let's just end this now. Go and get your tents, put them down, and uh, it's nice to have everyone. This is amazing. Boom, we all rush off there, get on the bus to head home, and I get in my rental car. I I change in my car. I'm as disgusting as humanly possible. Um, everything is wet. My bag is wet. My backpack is wet. I am muddy. I am gross. Uh, I loved it. It was amazing. And I'm driving off, and... Uh, one of the people that I met was Renata, and she's from Chicago. And I had digitally met her a few years ago because she's in Chicago, so I was living in Chicago. So we talked back and forth. Um, I talked to her at the event, and I saw her sitting on the sidewalk. And I literally drive past her, and I'm leaving to go to Atlanta to go to the airport. And I stop, and I'm like, I wonder why she's sitting on the sidewalk. So I put my car in reverse, and I'm like, Hey, Renata. What's going on? And she's like, oh, I'm trying to find a way to the airport. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to the airport right now. Why don't you jump in with me? Long story short, uh, she did not rent a car and she was trying to find a way to get from where we were to the airport, which is an hour and a half away. And she's like, oh my God, Rob, are you serious? It was gonna cost her $200 to get some sort of taxi And with where we were, there was no Ubers or anything anywhere. So uh, once again, I'm a force of attraction, and it was amazing that I got the opportunity to help her. And then we then got to drive together for the next hour and a half and chop it up. And there was such a good depth of conversation, and I enjoyed getting to know Renata, Um, and it was amazing. So that was the last part of that experience. So um, what I'm going to talk about now is the race, and the running experience. So, as I mentioned, driveway to hell. This is a half marathon. And this driveway is insane. When Jesse and his friends did this a week ago, and all these elite performers and high, these high performers and elite athletes are all like, this thing is hard. I didn't totally believe them. I knew it was going to be hard, but... I don't know why, maybe because these guys were athletes and they run and they do all these amazing things. I just didn't believe it. So going into this, I expected this race to be hard, but not impossible. We get to the driveway and just walking up from putting my tent together to get to where we're gonna be for the next five hours, it gets real. You're like, oh my God, I have never seen a driveway like this in my entire life. It is a half mile up and a half mile down. And there is a small hill and then a flat and then a small hill and a flat and then a gigantic hill and then an even more gigantic hill. It was nuts. When we're just walking to get to the top, that's when you're like, wow, this is what we're doing. I cannot state how insane this was. So uh, that made this even more fun because of how just crazy it was. So my mindset for this race is, have fun. Physically, I'm as prepared as can be because I just ran a marathon two two weeks ago. Uh, The thing for me was actually, I wanted to make sure my body was healed enough because in the last five weeks, from a running standpoint, it has been the most unique in my life. Uh, I ran my final 20-mile training run and then two weeks later, I ran the marathon and then two weeks later, I ran the driveway to hell. So I was actually most uh, intentional or concerned about making sure my body held up because I didn't know what that sort of mileage does to you and I'm someone who's extremely athletic but at the same time, I'm also self-aware enough to know that that's a lot of miles for someone who is not a, a full-time runner. Uh, thankfully for me, uh, all those concerns were a zero because I was as conditioned as humanly possible. Uh, my race day experience was a 100 out of 100. My legs held up. My body held up. My cardio held up. It was the absolute best. So my goal is to have as much fun as humanly possible there. And for me, 13 times down, 13 times up, every time I ran down, uh, Rachel Martin and David Shiner were there at the hydration station and there's music playing and I made it a point to dance with Rachel every single time, 13 times. And I have to imagine I'm the only person of the 200 who danced every single time. And that was part of my mindset for this, not running for a time. I'm there to enjoy the experience the same time, I'm also there to encourage others because I know mentally I'm prepared, physically I'm prepared. And as I said, not everybody, there's people of all different shapes and sizes there. So the best thing that I can do uh, as a leader by example is to encourage others. So for me, I was the cheerleader of all cheerleaders. I literally said, good job, you're doing amazing, you're doing wonderful, I'm rooting for you to every single person that I passed. Because what made this such a unique experience is that you're doing the same course 13 times. So you're passing the same people every single time, all of the time. So that gave me an endless opportunity to send good vibes to other people. And one of my declarations, I am warmth. And another one, I am a champion for everyone. Not only am I a champion, but I'm a champion for everybody else. So I wanted my support to be fuel and energy and a turbo boost to others because I know what it's like to have that narrative in your head of, this is hard, my legs are hurting, my chest is hurting, how am I going to do this? Especially if you've never done something like this before. And even if you have, it's still extremely challenging. One of the things that I loved about this was I did not use headphones and I actually didn't bring my water with me. I didn't bring my armband with me, nothing. I was like, I'm just soaking up this experience and letting the community run me. And it was the best. As I said, the community was my favorite part. Uh, now to talk about the course itself. Um, someone asked me, Rob, what was the hardest part? The down was the hardest part, specifically at the very top. And why is that? Because the incline was so steep that when you're going down, it gave you forward momentum, but you almost, you had to put your brakes on. So it was a very unorthodox uh, way of running that it's so steep that as you're doing these hills up and down, it attacks um, it different parts of your body. So I found that very challenging. And of course, the very top of the hill was ridiculous. So that was very different or different, very hard And the quote that I loved that uh, I think Jim House said to me was, thank God for the uphill. That's what summarizes driveway to hell. You're thankful to be able to walk uphill and not go downhill. And the uphill was so ridiculous that people thought walking up backwards was a good idea because it was a different way of uh, getting up there. And speaking of being at the top, I got to give a shout out again to Dr. Trish Smith, who she was stationed at 95% of the way up the hill. She had that smile. She had that encouragement. She had that breath work. Every time I got up there, I smiled with her. Uh, My mindset was very much the top of the hill, which is the hardest, is where the most growth is. And driveway to hell would not be so memorable if it wasn't so hard. So I leaned into the difficulty of it. And I was like, thank God for this hill. Because a lot of people are cursing the hill and it's taking their souls. Not me. Boom, that's the best part because looking back on it, it's so memorable. So for me, that's why I seek out discomfort and challenges. Because once again, nothing great ever came from your comfort zone. And I just loved this. This was the most fun I've ever had at a race. And it made me think that... Uh, If things like this were created over and over again, this would put other races out of business because I love running 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, a marathon, whatever. I love being part of a community, but it is so unique to have 200 people there that all love each other and support each other and the connection that was there and there was hydration Uh, bottom, middle, shout out to my man, Dan, and at the top. And it was just incredible. And one of the things that I did is I wrote down one to track how many laps I'd done. I then started to write little notes for myself of what I noticed from each lap. I was very intentional about this. And uh, lap number two, I wrote down dancing with time. When I was at driveway to hell, there was no Wi-Fi. So you're not on the internet. You're not on social media. I can't even call my wife pretty much. And time was different. I feel like I was gone for a month. And Jesse said this going into it and after the fact you experience it. I feel like I was in a different planet and time slowed down. Nothing else mattered and I was in flow. So one of my declarations is I am that I dance with time, and to me, this was the next level of evidence of this. We were dancing with time, especially when we're walking up a giant hill to run a half marathon. At uh, lap three, uh, Kevin Walker told me, I am looking strong, and I was like, boom, taking that in, and then I noticed a lot of people were smiling, and, and for me, the one thing that I made a point to I smiled 100% of the time, so much so that people were commenting, oh, there's Rob, he's still smiling. And I then said, free smiles. They're here all day for everyone because it takes no extra effort for me to smile. And uh, there's the quote, you cannot give to others that which you are not experiencing yourself. If you're smiling, I'm not thinking about pain or going up or downhill. Mile four, impress yourself. I ask you, when was the last time you impressed yourself? All 200 people who did this event, they impressed themselves. For me, this is something that I'm leaning into and I love finding ways to impress myself. Number five, springboard for momentum. This is something that I set the intention after the Pittsburgh Marathon. I said, you know what? This was an amazing accomplishment. This is my Masogi, but I do not want to rest on my laurels. And because of that, Uh, I said, I'm going to make the word springboard my word for the month so that I'm intentional about using this as a growth agent. And Jesse even said at the end of this, I want whatever your goals are, I want you to double this. You can grow so much more, and this event is proof of that. Uh, Lap seven, uh, I walked with Rissa. I made it a point as much as possible to Walk with as many people as I could and to talk with them. And as I said, this course was so crazy that you had to walk at least half of it on the hills, it just wasn't runnable. And Rissa and I built such a connection, and she has such a warm and loving heart. And you know, as I said at the top, when someone hugs you the second you meet them, that's a special person. And for Rissa, I know this was a big thing running this half marathon, she'd never done something like this before. So I felt honored and special to be able to do a lap with her. Uh, Lap 10, I never get tired. This is something Chad Wright taught us on 30 Days of Excellence. It's been one of my mantras ever since. Every time I run, I never get tired. That's part of my mindset. Number 11, we are all amazing. This comes from the love I had for the community, seeing the people, and it was especially the people who were most challenged by this, seeing them, Go all five hours. And I think about, shout out to my man, Felix from Chicago. Uh, I made it a point to walk with him. And we talked about the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan and and Zach Levine. And he was someone that he gave maximum effort. He went all in. Uh, Number 12, this lap, as I'm about to get to my final lap, Lose Yourself by Eminem Played. And in the intake form for Driveway to Hell, it said, what songs would you like to play? And I put two, Lose Yourself by Eminem and My Hero by Foo Fighters. So when I get up the big hill, knowing that I'm about to have my final lap and I hear Lose Yourself, the world was shining on me. It was saying, Rob, I got you, let's go. And one of the things Jesse talks about The last lap is free. They give you a red armband to signify you're on your last lap. Boom, everyone who's running, they show you love. When I see people with a red armband, boom, finish strong. That last lap, I'm saying to myself, built for this. And then lastly, lap 13, boom, let's finish this. I was just so proud. It was such an accomplishment. I think I finished in three hours and 15 minutes, and I had so much fun. It was the best race of my entire life. The last thing I want to talk about is um, with about an hour remaining, Lori gets on the microphone and says, hey, there are people on the course and they need you most right now. We're a community. We support them. So if anyone can go back on the course to help these people, it will help so much. And I did my cold plunge and I did my sauna And I just thought about that. And I was like, man, I've been so supportive to everyone and everyone got such good vibes from me. I was like, I need to be a leader for others. I know that this is the toughest. You know what I did? I'm wearing my bathing suit. I threw on a tank top and I put my shoes back on with my wet socks and I went back on the course. And there is, I believe, 54 minutes left. And it just so happens when I do that, uh, one of the guys, Klaus, is um, getting to the top. And I'd showed love to Klaus throughout this entire time. And Klaus is someone that he's a little bit bigger. Uh, I know this is something that was a little bit of a, a little bit was a big challenge for him. But Klaus is someone who everyone knows him because he sends out cards that are personalized to everyone. So I felt a connection to him, even though Klaus and I had never met in person. So I said, Klaus, I got you. You are finishing this race. So for the next 54 minutes, I was with Klaus, and I was his coach. And I said, you are finishing this race, and I'm there with you. So we go down, and I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. And with this, uh, I believe on the, and he had to do two laps. So we had to do one lap to get to his final lap, and his red armband lap. And I believe that's four total laps, up, down, up, down, in 54 minutes. And he's hurting, but he keeps moving forward. And at the bottom of the first lap, uh, I made a new friend, Anne-Marie, and she jumped on board with the Team Klaus. We called it Klaus's Army. And we were there encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And this is one of the most proud moments of the entire thing for me because – Klaus gave it his all, step-by-step, and we get to his last armband lap, and we get down, and we're going back up on the final lap, and now we've got five or six or seven people. My friend Joshua joins on board, and I think David Shiner's there, and we're cheering him on step-by-step. Klaus, let's get to this flag. Let's get to this stump. Boom, step-by-step-by-step, and we told him, There are 193 other people waiting to cheer you on. And this is going to be the best feeling of your life. And he did it. And it was incredible. It was so inspiring to see him do this. And it's a testament to this community and going all in. And I'm going to leave it with this because it was everything that driveway to hell is about It's going to touch me for the rest of my life because he went all in and he made it happen. So I got to give a shout out to Klaus for doing that. I'm so proud of you, my friend. I got to give a thank you to Jesse Itzler. I got to give a shout out to, and a thank you to Sarah Blakely to build your life resume to the all day running community. It was the best experience ever. My life has changed forever. I'm floating on clouds. I'm so happy. I'm so optimistic. I'm living my best life. I am my best self. I'm a shining light and example for others, and I can't wait to meet in person again. Sending tons of good vibes your way. I would love to hear from you. If anything that I said um, inspired you or caused you to take action or you're at the event, drop me an email, rob at robcressy.com or hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy.